Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. And this is Jeff. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we are here this week bringing home Star Wars Month 2021 at the Tape Store with the conclusion to the first of the Thrawn trilogy, Heir to the Empire. Will we do the other two parts of the Thrawn trilogy as in... Dark Force Rising and The Last Command, yes. When? I don't know. <laughs> this has been such a massive undertaking. I have to commend Jeff, who's been the hero of this thing. He finished the books weeks ago. Yes, thank you, Jeff. Brooke and I... <laughs> we gave it a valiant effort. ...who started this whole <laughs> tape store show. You would think we'd be leading the way or alongside Jeff in this endeavor... Have been but terrible. in your defense, yeah. y'all are teachers, right? It's graduation week. It's a cra- it's been a crazy week. It, it has. has, yes, it has. But we 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 didn't do amazing like Jeff did. So no, Jeff well. is the MVP of this uh, of this episode. That's yeah. very true. <laughs> so we appreciate you, Jeff, and it's good to have you on. Uh, so it's great to be here. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna jump right in, guys, because we do have a good bit of the book to go through. But the good thing is, is that. Let's see, we made it to chapter 11 last week. Right. One, I noticed that once we get into chapter 13 and past that point, the movie... The movie. <laughs> the it book, feels like a movie. The book does go pretty quick. I have to say, in retrospect, and I know we're going to have... You know, we're going to definitely set aside some time to kind of talk about this once we get through the, the story. This, I, I would have, I, I would love to have seen some kind of adaptation of this. Oh, definitely. You know, we've had a few, and we've had a few of uh, you listeners that have been reading slash listening along. You know, with the audio, either, whether it's reading the book or the audiobook, um, and pretty much everyone is like, especially the ones who are who are reading the audiobook, are like, oh my god, like the voices. It's just they it, it brings it home, and and the understanding of the characters. Um, I mean, we can't sing we can't sing Timothy Zahn's praises enough. Yes. This is seriously a fantastic, oh, it's not an adaptation, but it, it's a creation of these no, characters. It it's awesome. It's a great, and, I mean. And Mark Thompson for the voice. And actor. yeah, Mark Thompson is the is like the king of this because his voices are impeccable. Yeah, he does bring this to life. And yeah, Timothy's on, I mean, he has nailed these characters. Um, I, 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 I have not had any. There has not been any moment where I've not felt like the characters were acting not like themselves, not like we know them right. from the original trilogy. And, and and you have to understand, now look, when you read these books, you have to base them on the original trilogy because this is 1991. That's all we had. It's all we had, right. It's all we had. And, I mean, Luke shines in this story. But, again, I, I, I can't say enough that Grand Admiral Thrawn makes this story... And I'm so excited when we do get into these the next two installments, and you find yourself rooting for him, you find yeah. yourself not wanting him to be foiled, right? Because he's just he's so intriguing. So, without further ado, and the thing about it is, I have to say, is that he hardly ever is. I I think the whole world could be falling apart around him. He'd be like, "It's fine, <laughs> right?" We're <laughs> he merely keeps us cool, yeah. <laughs> no matter what is happening, we're merely inconvenienced here. <laughs> you know, even if he died, he would find something to do after that. He'd be like, well, we'll, we'll figure something out. 
<laughs> you can have like a spear through his like his like abdomen. Like, it's, this is this is what I planned. No, this yeah. is fine. This is, this I, is fine. I knew this would happen. <laughs> it's true. He, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys. We're about to get we're about to get through the rest of the story. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Thrawn is basically ten steps ahead of everybody. I don't want to spend a lot of time recapping because I feel like we could spend ten or fifteen minutes just recapping last week's. Um, episode and and the first eleven chapters. So please go back and listen to that if you haven't. So, but j- just in a few sentences, obviously, this is in the a- five years after the events of Return of the Jedi. The Empire is in a very weak position with the loss of the Emperor, the Second Death Star, Darth Vader, the Executor, um, and the New Republic is on the rise. No longer the Rebel Alliance, now the New Republic. But there is a new villain, and it is Thrawn, and he is coming back with a vengeance to get the Empire back to its former prestige. And, of course, we have Luke still in his mind, uh, you know, and as far as he knows, is the last Jedi. Right. And Leia and Han and 3PO and R2 and all of our heroes, Chewie, are all still very much around, but these are people who have been fighting and surviving, and now they're no longer doing those things, and they're doing something that, Many of them, maybe with the exception of Leia, aren't used to, and that's building a government. People like Han, even Luke, they're fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Admiral Akbar, fish out of water. These guys are fighters, and now they're having to be diplomats. And I think it's great. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, no, I, I mean, it just makes me think of the things that we hear about, you know, um, you know, soldiers that come home from war, and they have to try to figure out how to do life when they're not in a setting where they're making life or death decisions like that. And uh, I, now, granted, you know, the there's being in the Army, Air Force, Navy, whatever, and this. But, I mean, that, that's kind of the life they have just left. They just left this intense life of fighting for survival, making these really important but intense decisions. And that does provide, in some ways, kind of a high. And to have to leave that and do the mundane and um, the hard work of building a stable government. Uh, I, I can't, that's gotta, I mean, it, it, they, they capture the difficulty of that. Well, because it's kind of like they want that adrenaline. They want that rush of, yeah, let's just defeat the bad guy and do the, and you know, like blow up the ship. But they're like, no, we have to think about people and families and how we're going to get from point A to point B. And it's a much, much harder, honestly, in my opinion, uh, thing to do and I, and I and i failed to mention the new another villain that was introduced and that's uh joris sabaoth or really a clone right. of, Jor- of joris sabaoth yes. who he was cloned from a jedi master he's a dark jedi and thrawn is now using his capabilities to help him mm-hmm. you know because sabaoth has the force as an ally again the force the force is not bad or good it's the force mm-hmm. whoever wields it you know, if you're a Sith Lord, you're bending the Force to the dark side's will. Right. If you're, say, Luke or, you know, a Jedi, you're bending the Force to be used for light. Right. But the Force is simply the Force. It's interesting, you know, and it's an interesting concept. We think of the Force as good, but the bad guys use it too. Mm. So Sabaoth is, um, you know, Thrawn is harnessing Sabaoth's ability. This is causing all sorts of problems. And, of course... Sabaoth wants Luke and Leia. This is how Thrawn gets Sabaoth on, on board. Because he wants to train them, essentially. Right? Yeah, well, because for a, for a dark Jedi it's about, and for a Sith Lord, it's about power. 
Right. And yes. and and how I mean the emperor there's no way he could have achieved what he had without Vader, right? Jeff, I mean the Sith and the dark side thrives off of really you have to have someone to pass these things down to. This is how Thrawn is able to get Sabaoth on board. And again, we we left last week with Luke going to Dagobah because he felt a call from the Force to go there. Thrawn is attempting to, of course, he wants Luke and Leia, but Thrawn's smart. He knows what Luke has done. Luke Skywalker, this this wasn't a secret. And that's I also just love that. I love that Thrawn's like, we don't need to engage Luke directly. This guy defeated Vader and the Emperor. He did it in one fell swoop. Right. He did it directly to Vader. He directly defeated Vader. And then his redemption of his father led to the demise of the Emperor. So he's like, this guy is not a Boy Scout, but his <laughs> sister is new to this thing. She'll be easier. Yeah. Sabaoth can mold her a little bit easier. Thrawn is very confident in his ability, so he's going after Luke. So I'm just going to give a brief statement about where we left off. So Luke's on Dagobah. He has a vision of Jabba's sail barge. While he's on Dagobah, he goes to the dark side cave where Mara Jade, uh, we know it's Mara Jade. Luke doesn't know who the heck she is, but a woman interrupts the battle where we know Luke came out victoriously and saved everybody and, you know, right. Jabba's demise. Um, but he see he sees that vision again on the dark side cave. He sees this unknown woman foil the attempt. And while on Dagobah, and this is where we got where, where we left off, the last thing we talked about, was Luke finds a strange electronic device in the cave. He's not right. sure what it is, but he wonders if Lando can help. Interestingly enough, Han and Leia, they're on Bipfash trying to figure out what happened in the aftermath of, again, Grand Admiral Thrawn is doing this stuff. He's doing these surgical strikes, and nobody yeah. knows. They just know this guy's good. They don't know who it is. And while Han and Leia are with the New Republic, and Wedge Antilles is there, <laughs> and they're investigating the aftermath of this, there is a second attempt by the Nogri working for Thrawn. They're an alien race working for Thrawn. His right-hand guy, his right-hand enforcer dude, is, a, is Rook, who's a Nogri. Well, they attempt to kidnap Leia again on Bipfash. But Han and Leia are able to, with Leia using the Force and Han using, as Jeff talked about, his own intuitive Han ability, which <laughs> is just the magic of being Han Solo. Right. They're able to foil this attempt. Well, Han gets back to Admiral Akbar on Coruscant. Now, he doesn't physically get back to him. He calls him, essentially, from the Falcon, the real Falcon. Yeah. And says, hey, we're not coming back. Somebody's finding out where we're at. Somebody in the Empire is finding out where we're at. Yeah. So, Akbar, you got a problem in Coruscant. Admiral Akbar is like the, what is it, Jeff? He's like the Grand Commander of the New Republic, essentially. I mean, he's not like the leader I, of the I New Republic. I believe they called him, I think they called him like um, the Commander-in-Chief. Like, whatever, whatever that means. I don't think it means President, but it means a very, very high-ranking officer. I believe he's like the Commander of the Military. Oh, I, I if I'd venture a guess, I'd say the highest-ranking official in the New Republic would be Mon Mothma. Right. She seems to be the one. But Akbar is, like, offended when Han Solo gets in touch with him and says, hey, we're not coming back. And he's like, what, you're saying I can't protect Leia? I can't. I have the best security forces. I know my people. And Han's like, somebody is finding out. Somebody, excuse You've me. You've got a mole. Some, yeah, we have a mole. Thank you, Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> Admiral Akbar protests. And, Jeff, you mentioned this before we recorded. You said you were surprised to find Han and and Admiral Akbar's uh, tension here. 
Right. They have a contentious relationship for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it's a personality conflict, but it's interesting. Very much so. Well, Han asserts that somehow there's a leak. There's a mole. And he decides, we're not coming back. We're going to go get help. And the the best person to get help from if, you, if you're Han Solo, or really if you're anybody. <laughs> if you're anybody and you don't know who to trust, find Lando Calrissian. Accurate. So it's interesting. <laughs> Luke's looking for Lando. Luke's going Luke's gonna to go after Lando to find out what this strange cylindrical device is that right. he found on Dagobah. And separate from him, Han and Leia are going to seek his help. they got to find a way for Leia to be able to hide, but also be able to figure out what's going on in Coruscant. Because Leia's like, look, I know I need to be safe, but I can't leave the government right. building situation. And that's essentially where we left off, and that's how we're that's what we're springboarding from, right? Uh, because Lando is on this planet called Naklan, and he, of course, because he's Lando, has found a way to be successful in business. <laughs> uh, some kind of ore mining facility. God bless him. Right? They get there, and here comes Luke. They're like, what the heck? And Luke's like, yeah, I'm here too. I need Lando's help. So Lando is the man <laughs> of the hour. <laughs> now, I have to say, you know, because we have praised Mark Thompson, uh, oh, dear. the voice actor. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, last week we said that, that his Han sounded like Patrick Warburton, and Jeff made the comment, he, he zeroes in and it gets better. Yes, and he was he does. One, you're 100% right, Jeff. Yes. And I would say it was really right around this time, his Han doesn't sound like Patrick Warburton at all. He sounds like Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. So you're right he about like that. He like eased into the role, kind of. But Jeff, I have to throw this out there. <laughs> What did you think of his Lando? Because well, you know, it's Lando's Lando's. I mean, Billy, Billy D. Williams is. It's hard, okay. Like you, you, you can't nail everything. Um, but he he did. It, it was interesting. I'm 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 not gonna like <laughs> go like. I'm gonna let Brooke, <clears throat> Brooke summed it up. What did you say he said? You said uh, something, the rifleman or something? No, uh, no. I just he, I mean. He said, "Yeah, he sounded like a like a mashup of like the Rifleman, like the 1950s show, and just like a good old like Southern like uh, Beauregard." Yeah, he- which I mean, again, like you said, Jeff, like you can't imitate. No. Bill, Billy Day, Billy D. Williams. Imitate Billy D. Williams. So it, he tried his best to do. Yeah, that's exactly like that's how, how he sounded. That's how he sounded the whole time. And I was, I remember when he first, when he first started talking, like, I was like, uh huh, what are we doing here? <laughs> I just like, <laughs> if, if he'd have toned it back just to, just to Yeah, bad, I think it's because he, he, he might, did he it so it. over the top that I was like, I need you to scale it back, like just a little because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It just, it, I think it came off as campy and like, I'm a like I get it like I do impressions like I grew up doing impressions of people so I understand what he's trying to do but I'm like it's too much like just, just it's almost like he's making fun of Lando right and I don't think he's trying to do that at all but that's how it, no <laughs> that's how it sounds so I'm like Billy you're not I mean no you're not Billy I'm like you know just just well scale it back but I mean look I can't I, again I I can't fault Mark Thompson he's, no. He's phenomenal. You can't it fault, just wasn't yeah, great. You can't fault him for not being Billy D. Williams. No. Because let me tell you something. Billy D. Williams, he's been acting since the late 50s. He right. Made, he made his film debut in 1959. And Jeff, I don't know if you know this, but um, 
I'd watched an interview with Mark Hamill, and he talked about when he found out that Billy Dee Williams was casted mm-hmm. for a role in Empire, and he said he I was excited. he was absolutely starstruck. Yeah, this he guy, like fangirled over it. He was like fangirling over Billy Dee Williams mm-hmm. because this guy had been around for twenty years, and Billy Dee Williams has won a ton of awards. I mean, he's won an Emmy. This guy has been around for a while before the original trilogy, right? right? Just get out of here. He's great. And but when he talks, he almost sings his lines. Ugh. I mean, I I, and I love Lando in the story, but but listening to <laughs> yeah, he's you're right. He has like a lyrical quality to his yeah. voice. Where I'm like, just just talk forever. But, like but, he has a great voice, but but it's not a repli- It's not easy to replicate. But I will say, despite the voice acting, I love Lando in this. Yes, yeah. Because uh, he, he's the so, characterization shines yet again, and he's so important in this to the story. Yeah, and I can't wait for the um, the Disney Plus show. Oh I mean, my gosh! Yeah. So Lando is absolutely he's key to the story. But yes, I'm You do get used to Mark Thompson's version of him. You get used though. to you get it. You get used to it and you and you stop you never, you, know, you, know. you never stop thinking about Billy D. Williams though. So <laughs> well, we love Billy D. Williams. That is the that is the Billy D. Williams effect. Right. So well so Lando's on this planet, Han and Leia show up, Luke shows up, and they just basically spill the beans to Lando. Now, I understand, this is a different Lando. This isn't the Lando that was on Bespin, which I think Lando was always good, but, yeah. you know, Lando, like Han, had a had a side to him that, you know, he had a lifestyle of being a smuggler and being a guy that made deals, and this isn't the same Lando. This is the Lando who has been a general, who has fought for the Republic, he's a hero, and he went legitimate business, and he's doing well. And again, here comes Han, Leia, and Luke with with new problems, and they've come to him. And here's the thing: before they can even land, Han and Leia and Chewie and the you know they're on the Falcon. Luke is in his X-wing, and before they can even land, there's a Star Destroyer. <laughs> and so basically, they go to land on the Klon. And they immediately like have to pick back up, yeah, and like engage this thing and figure something out. Luke, in the midst of this battle, he loses time. He is contacted by Sabaoth. Who doesn't reveal who he is, but basically says, you know, he reaches out to him to the Force and says that Luke will find him and that the Jedi will rise again. And when Luke wakes up, it had been 30 minutes. So Luke was flying his X-Wing, <laughs> completely like comatose. And Eat. Han and Leia are like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and Luke's like, what? Me going to work every morning. And it looks like, what? It looks like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Han was able to take out two of the TIE fighters and the Star Destroyer retreats, and they were kind of like, well, that was weird. This is a big Star Destroyer. It could have done a lot more. It shows up, and then it leaves. We find out that the Star Destroyer, your first response, right, is that, oh, this is the Chimera. This is Thrawn. But it's not. There's another called the Judicator. Thrawn sent it to steal mole miners. This was all a big... You know, I don't yeah. know if it was a diversion it landing and kind of like, in, you know, sending out the TIE fighters, but this thing gets away with 51 mole miners. Sheesh. These things that, 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 that mine ore on Lando's planet. Right. And they succeed because we get back to Thrawn. Thrawn's like, oh, good. You know, they stole them. You know, they stole the uh, mole miners. Right. 
But here's Which the thing. seems weird. Yeah. It's like it doesn't make sense what he's doing yet, but because we know enough about <laughs> Thrawn already. It's scary. We're like, mm, he like, doesn't do anything haphazardly. If Grand Admiral Thrawn showed up and stole baby bottles from Walmart, I'd be like, <laughs> guys, it's over. Just give it up. I don't know why he's stealing the baby bottles, but it's going to be something horrible. <laughs> Basically. Thrawn's actually taken by surprise here because, you know, we, we get the exposition, right? You know, Luke and everybody in the hero's land... They're engaged by the Judicator for a minute. The Judicator leaves, and then we go to Thrawn, and Thrawn's like, yep, I did that. They stole the mole miners. Right. And then he he's, you know, Sabaos there, and Thrawn actually is taken by surprise because Sabaos like, oh, yeah, I talked to Luke, too. And Thrawn's like, what? <laughs> you weren't supposed to do that. Right. You're supposed to be going after Leia. You're not supposed to be doing this. And Sabaos like, what? I can do this, right? Mm-hmm. Which is nerve-wracking because you're like, mm, I don't know if you should disobey Thrawn. So Thrawn actually didn't know Luke was there, but after Sabaoth, like reveals it and excuses himself, he's like, yeah, I did it, whatever, I'm out of here. So he leaves. Uh, he decides, look, Luke's too powerful for the Sabaoth guy. And I love this. I love that even Thrawn, as powerful and as brilliant as he is, says Sabaoth is not going to be able to turn Luke. He's resisted Vader. He's resisted Palpatine. He needs to stick to Leia. So Thrawn decides that Leia and the twins should satisfy Sabaoth. And he's like, I'm going to have to find some way to remove Luke from the equation. Right. To get Sabaoth off. Because Sabaoth's going to, he's not going to listen to me. So when so anyway, we get back to Naklan and Han and Leia. They spill the beans to um, Lando. Luke spills the beans to Lando. The problem is... Lando's like, I just don't have a way for Leia to be able to contact Coruscant without being able to be tracked. But Chewie mm-hmm. has an idea. Chewie speaks up. Sweet Chewie. What's Chewie's idea? Chewie decides, Chewie decides she can come to Kashyyyk with me, my home planet. Right. Okay, yes, I'm with you. That's Chewie's big idea. Lando likes this idea. And in fact, they have 3PO there. Lando says, not only that, there's another way we can kind of like kind of keep Coruscant at yeah. bay and, and and is let's get 3PO and modify him with Leia's voice and he can speak for her. Yes. And this confused me at first. Right. When I would when we would first hear uh, 3PO as Leia. Well, 3PO can do about anything as long as it has to do with talking. <laughs> True. Right? You're not wrong. And then Luke presents the device to Lando. So now Jeff we're ready to spill the beans. On this device. Yeah, I know we didn't, you know, you almost talked about it last week and I said, let's hold off. So, this <laughs> device, why is this so important? You know, he, and of course, Lando knows what it is. He's very knowledgeable, you know. So, Luke presents the device to Lando. So, what exactly is the thing, you know? It's kind of like a, like a homing beacon, right? For like. Yeah, beck and call is what they call it. Yeah, a beck and call. All right. And, uh, I, Okay. Well, it belonged to the Dark Jedi that, I guess, attempted to go to Dagobah to find Yoda, right? Yeah, and that, that was great because basically, you know, we find that Yoda had to, like, take out some garbage on Dagobah, right? right? I mean, essentially, like, mm-hmm. we find that Yoda fought this dude, right, and killed him. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Luke surmises that since he found this thing in the Dark Side Cave... That it must have belonged to this dark Jedi that Yoda killed. And right. not only that, this explains, I love this, and I thought it was a great explanation. 
So the way Heir to the Empire, the Thrawn trilogy, explains how was Yoda able to remain in hiding? Because Palpatine is incredible. He's just as powerful as Yoda, really. Yeah. He's just the dark side. It's true. How was he not able to find Yoda? It was Yoda's residence, his actual house being so close to the dark side cave. Yoda Uh, was actually using the dark side to shield his presence. Interesting. And Uh, also, I mean, I have to point out the, the fact that that is a little... For Jedi, morally ambiguous, which they are not known for. I think, but, but, oh God. You no, I'm just, I, but, I mean, you have to talk about it because like, you know, it's, 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 there's dark side and there's light side. And for Yoda to have been using any part of the dark force yeah. for a good reason, it, it be, it begins that process of questioning, okay, what really is good? What really is bad when it comes to the force? Because it, it just goes to show you that yeah. there, you can't. It, the force is the not f- bad or good, right? It's just right, the force. and I think that's important in this universe because there isn't any pure good or pure bad. There is areas of gray, and I think any powerful hero learns to tap into that because well, even with shadows, um, shadows of the empire, yeah, we got that battle with Luke. Well, I'm not. You know? I don't want to blow open something too big, Jeff. I know. I don't want to blow open something too big. But everyone, we <laughs> love the Last Jedi at right. the tape store. Yes. Now I'm. I'm not trying to reach I know over that too be much. Fighting words for some people. I, I, amazingly, but... yeah. But I, I remember <laughs> me and Jeff had a long conversation about the Last Jedi. But I think one of my favorite things about the Last Jedi, Jeff, and I'll pass it over to you, is that it addresses this about the Force. Luke. Luke basically says, "Hey." It's not just about good and bad. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I kind of like went into that a little bit like last week or when we were talking. Maybe, maybe it was when Shadows of the Empire, but that's that place where Ray goes, you know, it's like, it's like almost like, it's almost like the dark side cave, right? That's that little pit or whatever, that weird place. And that's where, you know, she finally, you know gets it that it's 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 just about it's all about balance well isn't that interesting guys that like so luke essentially you know yoda yoda went to dagobah out of necessity right i think he went because he's like the jedi must survive luke went out of as as a self-imposed exile but isn't it interesting that where this really powerful jedi goes there always is this powerful place that like has dark side force Mm mm-hmm that has the that 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 that's that's powerful on the dark side because like it, it it's as if like you can't escape it, you can't escape the struggle between light and dark no right. matter where you go. Like Luke went to this planet and there's this like pit, yeah, this area that has the dark side. Luke's like, yeah, it's there, yeah. And and Luke was almost like telling Ray like, I didn't know this, but now you need to understand. There's great light. There's great darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to be able to, like Jeff said, you have to be able to traverse in between them. And you can still be good without being on... Because I think he... If I'm not... Yeah, he does. He criticizes, like, the Jedi of the Old Republic, Jeff. Remember, he says, yeah, they were all dogmatic and religious. Yes, he did say that. And they allowed Darth Sidious. And that was so cool to hear Luke say Darth Sidious. (laughs) Yeah. Luke mentioned the name of someone in the prequels. I love that bridge. Mm -hmm. This is why I like The Last Jedi. You know? So the dogmatic religiosity, almost this monk mentality of Jedi's, he said, that was wrong. That yeah. was the, the other end of the spectrum. This is why Darth Sidious was able to be like, oh, this is no problem. A little political intrigue. Yeah, yeah. We'll take this thing over, and he did. 
So I, I had to talk about that. Well, yes. I mean, any, no, no, it's important. Any opportunity to defend the Last Jedi, I did like that movie. Uh, you know, so I think it's going to gain more appreciation as more time goes by. But anyway, so after they meet with Lando and they spill the beans, Lando identifies this this beck and call for Luke and Han and Leia. You know, Lando's like, "Look, I can't help you, but we can come up with a plan to get Leia into hiding on Kashyyyk, and uh, we'll get C three PO Leia's voice, no problem." Uh, Luke and Leia have a moment, which doesn't happen enough no, in this book. It that's does the, not. another thing. I, Luke and Leia, and maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. I don't know. I love them together. Yeah, they have a really sweet relationship. Maybe we'll see more of that in the in the in the coming uh, two parts of this trilogy, but. <laughs> I just we didn't get enough of you know that they 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 just had joined together in the end of Jedi and now we just don't get enough of them and they're almost just too busy to really stop. Yeah. Because Leia really I almost think Luke needs Leia around because she's able to keep him grounded. Yeah, because, she's kind of the base to his acid. You know, like he's I agree. Incredibly fire starter, you know, and she's she's like he's hey, very, are you okay? Luke, like, let's take a minute and like assess She's just, she's a good, calming force for him. Yeah, and Luke does doubt himself, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, Luke doubt, and Leia, I don't know. I feel like she, like, never does. I mean, I'm sure she has her moments, but. She does. I mean, you have moments where we see her inner dialogue where she's like, oh, God, I don't. But she's she better at. Han. She knows she's got to do this Republic thing. She's worried about Luke. She's spread thin. But she is also like, yeah, but I know it has to be done, so I'm going to do it. And Luke is emotional. Very emotional. That's not a bad thing, but he is emotional. Yeah. And her emotions are part of her, but they don't guide her. And right. I think that's the difference. Well, you know. What I'm uh, saying is she's a woman. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so Luke and Leia do have a moment where they can have a brief discussion. Right. Leia in that time says, hey. Listen, there is a rumor of a Jedi hiding out on the planet Joe Mark. This is Sabaoth. We know this yeah. because Thrawn inserted this rumor and got it going. Him and Pelion, you know, they got it. Mo- this rumor moving around, right? And Leia even says, "Luke, I think this might be a trap. I think this might be to get you to come out, yeah. Because of course you're going to look for another Jedi, and they're going to pounce on you. Yep. And it is a trap. We know this." But, but Luke says, I must check it out. I have to go. Right? Oh, Luke, you stress me out. So we eventually do leave <laughs> Nikolan, and here's how we do it. Leia and Chewie leave on the Lady Luck, which is Lando's personal ship. Of course his ship's named Lady Luck. Han, Han, Lando, and the droids are on the Falcon. Luke is in his X-Wing. What, what they're hoping is that the Lady Luck will leave, and everybody who, or if the Empire's watching... They'll think, well, that's Lando Calrissian. That's his ship. Right. But, of course, we know that it's no. Leia. This is a way to get her to Kashyyyk safely. This is all a ruse, you know, to make it seem like Leia's in the Falcon. Lando's on the Lady Luck. Um, but they don't do this unnoticed. Thrawn, who had sent probes in the area, he's watching the whole thing. And he correctly surmises to Captain Pelion. He says, you know what I think? This is amazing. <laughs> this is incredible. He goes, you know what I think? He's like, I think that Leia and the Wookiee are likely on the Lady Luck. He's so... He does it based on the amount of time that the ships were like docked together. He goes, mm-hmm. I think that was a switch. Yeah, he's incredible. He correctly describes down to detail what likely happened 
and what actually happened. Yeah. And who's on what ship? <laughs> it's amazing. So Thrawn says, you know what? Let's just, let's just send some Nogris to Kashyyyk. Yeah. Because I know that Leia went there. He's so scary. He, he, he surmises what happens. Then he says, you know what? Let's just... And moves forward on that, on his assumption. He's incredibly confident. This guy is brilliant. You almost wonder if he, like, knows the Force. Yeah. I mean, geez. And then Luke, of course, he's going to Jomark because he hears of the rumors that there's a Jedi. Interesting thing at the about the end of this conversation, Pelion leaves Thrawn after he speaks to him and, you know, Thrawn surmises the whole thing and notices a single sculpture that Thrawn describes as not a hologram but as very real. What he refers to as his one as the one time his ability to understand art didn't help him win. He calls it his one failure and that he ended up destroying the planet that this piece of artwork is from, but I guess he saved the artwork. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's if we're going to hear more we didn't, we don't get more of that in, in this, this story, story, right? But I wonder if this is going to come back around. I'm sure. You know, it was interesting, right? Uh, Thrawn does spring his trap. I mean, he may, and this is what I like about Thrawn. Like, he wastes no time when he says he's going to do something. He springs his trap. He uses a this particular kind of ship called an interdictor ship, which can pull a ship out of light speed. They pull Luke's X-Wing out of light speed and route to Joe Mark, lock him in a tractor beam. But this is Luke. Yeah. He can make an X-Wing tap dance. <laughs> he can make an X-Wing do anything, right? He, 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 yeah, he's able to get the X-Wing out of the tractor beam and makes a jump to light speed, but not without damaging his ship. This part was really cool to me. Well, it just, you know, because, like, he, he's pretty much dead in the water because his, his, his X-Wing is, like, damaged beyond repair, right? And he has to use that, 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 that Jedi ability to essentially, like, put himself into, like, hibernation you know he's able to command his body yeah because guys th- there's the you know the fight or flight thing mm-hmm. when something goes wrong our body immediately starts doing things to try to protect yourself yeah and mm-hmm. and it stresses us out and and luke is able to use the, again i love this 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 picture of luke he commands his body to say no yeah go ahead no, I, I, and I, I'm sorry. I keep con- pointing out contradictions because that's what I do. I'm an English teacher. But, I mean, for Luke to be the, the emotional person that he is, but to exhibit such self-control, what's interesting is that he has no problem commanding his body, his physical being, to do something. But he can't get a handle on the emotional side of him. Yeah, his emotion is... And he- I love that. I love that he's constantly in conflict with his own self. I mean, I love it because it's pr- it provides endless material for us. Not because I'm sure that's a, a nightmare, but he can he has he does have an immense amount of self-control, but it's limited. And I love that. He has to have that self-control because Luke is prone to an immense amount of fear and yeah. frustration. Mm-hmm. Right? And we see that. I am ready. I can be a Jedi, <laughs> you know. I always go back to that part cuz I'm like how can you not think that Luke is extreme in his ability? When Luke is on, he's unstoppable. But when he's off, he's way off. It's made major problems ensue. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just enjoy. It. I don't really have a point to it necessarily. I just really enjoy 
watching him struggle within himself because I'm always wondering which which side of him is going to win. Is it going to be the emotion side, the right. force side of him that wins? Is it going to be the the physicality of his fight and you know the way he can the way he can attack and the way he can you know yeah you know it, I never know which one's going to be the 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 victor. And I like that. I like that I can't always predict what side of Luke he's going to let lead. Well, that's why I have to go back to um, Empire. You know, Jeff, you remember this part probably really well. When Luke leaves to go save Han and Leia, and he's all emotion. He's like, I have to go save my friends. I'm sorry. I have to leave Mm -hmm. my training. And... Uh, Obi Wan, as he's taking off, says to Yoda, he "Goes that boy's our only hope." And he goes, "No, there's another." And I, I almost think that Yoda says, "I would hate if something happened to Luke, but it's it's not over. I mean, Leia is left, right? Yeah. And if anything, she's almost even better at the control. You know, for sure. Um, and you remember that part, right? There is another. I just it it, it make th- this story makes these moments more meaningful. And I'm imagining reading this and not having seen the new trilogy, you know? I mean, it makes... Th- that's how you know this is a good story. This wasn't just a bunch of... There is some homage in it, but it really enhanced parts of the original trilogy. you got to understand, when this was written, there was no prequels. There was no new trilogy. You know? Yeah, well, this is when you get into, like, you know, deep psychology of how, you, you know, and a person's upbringing is, because, you know... Luke is an orphan, basically raised by his obscure relatives, and like in the desert, and he hates his life, you know. And Leia has been afforded every, you know, tutor and expert to groom her and raise her in every, you know, you know what I'm saying? No, it's like, such a good point royalty. because what even Bail Organa said, we've always wanted a child, we've never been able to have one, we will raise her as our own. So, you know, Owen, I almost think. Owen almost, I think, you know, it's like Baru said, he's got too much of his father in him, and I think Owen almost kept Luke at an arm's distance mm-hmm. because I think he saw, oh, God, he's Anakin. It's kind of some Harry Potter syndrome going on here. And and it's interesting, no, Jeff, brought, <laughs> bring up a good point, because uh, Bail Organa, she was raised nurtured, right? Yeah. By, like, parents as if, I mean, she was Leia Organa. She wasn't Leia Skywalker. Yeah. He is Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So Luke had the burden of his father's name, and it wasn't even his fault. And Leia grew up like with a fr- Luke. Leia got a fresh start. She did. She was afforded way more chances, way more um, autonomy, and Luke, um, unbeknownst to him, really, right, bore the burden of this past indiscretion. That. Really, it it overshadowed his his virtues, and it once again brings until he broke out of that mold. Until unfor- you know, I mean, obviously it was unfortunate, but like you know, until he was able right. to carve a life for himself. And you find that even Baru was like Owen, you can't keep him here because remember, oh, you know, me and Jeff always laugh. It's only one season. This is one more season. <laughs> it's a whole other year. But it's only one season. <laughs> I think that. Oh, <laughs> no, I think that Owen was frightened of him. I think he was yeah. like, and the thing about it is, is that. They died because of Luke. They yeah. did. I mean, what yeah, Owen he feared. Wasn't, he wasn't wrong. No, he wasn't. But he he wasn't wrong, but I, I, I feel like, and maybe this is the parent in me, you know, I'm like, yes, you were, in some ways, you were right to fear him, but, like, you could have played a part in fixing that and restoring some of that. 
you could have given the love that you that that could have healed right that and instead you were like it, it, you know me you and jeff had a had a had kind of a conversation i'm not going to go into the details but we had a conversation about being parents and like what do you protect your kids from versus what you just need to help them understand because mm-hmm. they're going to run into it anyway because Luke met the Force anyway. Yep. The Force came for him. Mm-hmm. His destiny came for him anyway. He could have been prepared for that. Owen couldn't have stopped it. Right. But he could have been prepared for that. That's why he told um, Luke, you know, that Ben was some nut. He was like, yeah. he's just a nut. When Ben was the secret, what was really what Luke needed. Yeah. This is really good stuff. I mean, I want to say. Yeah. That. Well, interestingly enough, last year I taught British literature, and one of one of our one of the big things that we start off the semester was is the the hero's journey, and we've talked about this in episodes before because lots of '90s movies, especially, follow the hero's journey. Star. And I had a I have a PowerPoint presentation that I show my students, and the t- first two movies that I talk about are Star Wars and Harry Potter, and the exact same thing is happening in these two movies because. You know, a Harry Potter, you know, it's so strange, so, you know, not normal. You know, like, she's all, like, messed up about who Harry Potter's mom and dad were because they were witch, a witch and a wizard, and she's like, uh-uh, I don't want to, I don't want that, any of that crazy stuff. Uncle Owen's doing the same thing. He's like, he the is. force is nuts, Ben's freaking nuts, your dad was absolutely nuts, we're not having any of that, you're gonna be a dang farmer, and period. You know, like, that's it. So, it's this, it's, it, they're trying to control something uncontrollable yeah. and of course the inevitable happens it goes crazy it almost so. makes you, it almost makes you wonder jeff i'll ask what you think of this it almost makes you wonder like because i think when ben first gave you know because you see that at the end of um revenge of the sith you know he gives luke oh gosh it's so <laughs> it, it, it re- this story really makes these more meaningful it he, does. It does. he gives luke to owen and it makes you wonder maybe if owen had an understanding maybe there was a Maybe there was a, a, a an understanding between Owen and Ben, and then maybe raising Luke, Owen was like, you know what? No, I love. I think Owen loved Luke. I just think Owen was like, I've been raising this kid day in and day out. This is what I want him to be. This right. is what he needs to be. There was some ownership there, and suddenly Ben just became like further and further away. Because I'm almost like Obi Wan. Didn't you know what you were giving them? Didn't yeah. you know that Vader would come back for them? You know. He knew he had kids. Go ahead. I mean, I, I, I kind of always wish that like there had been some dialogue there, like Owen basically tell tell uh, you know Obi Wan, don't you ever come back here, just go. You know what I mean? Like, and that would have that would have like you know told Obi Wan, okay, well, cool. I, I I need to watch this guy from afar. You know what I mean? His and he and oh and Obi Wan would have known. Exactly what you know. Owen wanted to raise him as a, as a normal guy. You know what I mean? Like, no Jedi, no nothing. <laughs> just okay. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to. He's going to be. He's not going to have any part of that world. Just like you said. But, but at least he loved them. Where the Dur- Dursies Dur- are like, what the crap? Now we got to take care of this thing. You know? <laughs> they genuinely hated. Harry. I, I, I don't yeah. Know. I just I feel like the Obi Wan of the prequels would have been like, listen, Owen, you can't do it like this. Yeah. I just was like, maybe maybe we'll get a little more of that in the in the Obi Wan series with yeah. Disney Plus. Ooh, oh, good I'm point. Good point. Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, my favorite part of the prequel saga and 
stories that came there. So good. All right, so but we we do need to get back to the story. So let's let's keep going and 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 see where the story goes. Yeah. So and then we can kind of recap some so, stuff we like. So Luke is is obviously he's he's the X wing is dead in space. Um, and Luke is trying to Luke is not giving up. He's he's moving between in these force trances to trying to fix the ship, and essentially he is uh, rescued. I guess you could say. By Talon Card, <laughs> you know Talon Card, who who is the the new job of the hut. Now he's not right. You know he's he's not a hut. He's well, a guy. But I think he's better. He, he I think he 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 he's job of the hut is a gangster. He's like a horrible gangster, you know. And I think Talon Card is more. He he's more in the middle. He's not good, but he's not bad. Yeah, he's a I very agree. Much a neutral character, I think. Yeah, I don't know for sure. We'll see where he where his character goes. But that's where that's what I'm getting. I also don't want to overlook where we have a Vader moment where Thrawn uh, has a punitive moment where he he goes. I, I mean, this is a pretty extended scene. He goes downstairs with Pelion or downstairs or wherever to wherever the tractor beam, and he has Root kill the tractor beam operator, in front of the officer that appointed the tractor beam operator. And what's funny is it was so unnecessary. Like, the thing about it is, like, like the, the guy explained it, like, he did something that has never, I've never experienced, I didn't even know you could do this. Basically, Luke, he stops his X-Wing and fires two proton torpedoes and has the tractor beam follow the torpedoes. It was an incredible maneuver that he did. Yeah. Captain Picard would be impressed if, if there was ever a crossover. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. The crossover we've all been waiting for. Thinking about the, the, oh, I'm thinking about the Picard maneuver. Look, I'm a Trekkie too, okay? So I know what the Picard I mean, maneuver is. it fits the bill. I'll so explain it later. I'll explain it in another episode. <laughs> but the Picard maneuver is pretty BA. It's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, anyway, what I'm saying is, uh, and I think even Pelion was like, did we need to do that? And Thrawn was like, yeah, we had to do that. You know? So going to show it just goes to show you that Thrawn is more than just you know calculating and uh, he he he's also like incredibly brutal. He gets his point across. Yeah, he does. So Luke is rescued by Card, and you know, it, which is his ship is called the Wild Card. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, accurate. But, and they bring Luke aboard, and they have a brief conversation. And Card says, "Oh, you're going to meet you know my second in command. That's Mara Jade." Let's get to Kashik though, because Leia yeah, arrives yes. to Kashik. I love this part because we get such a great description of Chewbacca's home planet. I mean, and it doesn't disappoint. You need to read it. I can't go into it. <laughs> can't but, get into but it. But this is also where we meet Rara, which I will say another difficult. Oh Lord God! Okay. Because he, Rara, <laughs> just a brief. He is a Wookiee that can speak what is known as Galactic Basic, which we call English. In the Star Wars universe, that's called Galactic Basic. and But he doesn't speak it like I'm talking to you. He speaks it like a Wookiee would say basic English. You know? He's like, yes, I struggled. He sounds like Cookie Monster. I it's... struggled hard. Brooke was doing... Well... Co- Brooke was imitating Cookie Monster. <laughs> okay, so Brooke can do a, a myriad of voices, but she was, yes. doing, she was doing Cookie Monster with our daughter, and I was like, oh, that's Rara. <laughs> I was doing Cookie Monster yesterday. <laughs> It is Rara, and what I was like, you? when it when he started talking, I was like, 
what's what? happening? Like, <laughs> we don't just want uh, and to. Then he, yeah, like, like, yeah. It, it was, sounds like it we're it just making that. garbage noises, well, but that's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> it's the audio book. I don't know how it's, it's like when we're reading the book, I don't know how it's depicted, but like, and I want to know how it's written like on paper. Yeah. Right. Well, but Mark Thompson <laughs> does a, he does a voice. He makes a choice. He yeah, makes, he does. Thank you, Jeff. He, he makes, makes a, he makes a choice. Yeah, he well, commits to that choice. But the bottom line hard. is, the bottom line is, the, the Wookies are good. Rara is like, we He's are. Precious. We we love you guys. We love you. I love. I I can't not. I know we've been going a while, but I can't not talk about. Uh, so when Leia comes out with Chewie, there's oh, a f- yes. there, there's a few Wookies, and Chewie embraces one. Mm. It's so intense that Leia thinks. That they're angry. Yeah. And she and, goes to stop it. And Raw was like, you cannot interrupt this show of affection. This is Chewie and one of his friends. They've not seen each other in years. And they're in this, like, lock. This, like, embrace. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I it's love. precious. And it's not long. Like, he talks about it for, like, five seconds. He's like, you cannot in- interrupt the embrace. Because I they love haven't that. seen each other in years. And... Oh. This is this is why you have to read this book. I just love it. I love love. Well, yeah. Have you ever seen like two dogs who don't who haven't seen each other in a long time and had a bond? They freak out and they're, they're all over each other and they're kind of it almost looks like they're fighting, but they're not. They're like they're licking each other and they're you know they're you know it, it's kind of like that. that's how I pictured it. You know, almost. Because she, I think, I think she put well, her hand. Yeah, I mean, they're like tussling almost, kind of. She just said, "Well, the way it's written, it's like, oh God, is this is Chewie being attacked? And it's <laughs> no, he's he's embracing a, a, an old friend, and I love that. That's like, so I sweet. love the the display. I of, think it's neat that he chose to write that because he didn't have to. Like, he right. could have just they could have just gotten there and done, you know, talk talk to Rara and whatever." But no, like they they he chose to wrote that to write this in, yeah. which means he wanted to give more heart and more understanding to this you know race of creatures, and I love that. So while she's on Kashik, though, Leia catches a glimpse of what she thinks is an ogre, and she kind of freaks out. And Raw is like, "Well, we'll 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 be on high alert. We'll mm-hmm. check it out, you know." And Chewie's like, "Okay, you know, you know, we'll we'll, we'll you know." So everybody's on high alert. Meanwhile, Luke is with Talon Card, and you know he has this conversation with him. They talk about Marjade, and the next thing you know, Luke is stunned, as in not like a reaction. Somebody comes up from behind him and stuns him, and he's knocked out. He right. wakes up, and he's on the planet Merkur, which is where Talon Card is based. He's not in Tatooine; he's in Merkur, and this is where he meets Marjade for the first time. This beautiful red. Hasn't he been asleep for like days? He's been asleep for days. But here's what you have to understand, and I don't know, Jeff, if you caught this when you first read it, but I was kind of like, wait a minute, how do you get the jump on Luke? We find out, because Marjade takes Luke to Talon Card, and Talon Card says, oh, you're probably wondering why, why one of my scared little cronies came up behind you, mm. Luke Skywalker, and stunned you. And he explains it. It's the Yasalamari, yeah. excuse me, the Yasalamari. Which are is, is that lizard? Of course, that 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 right. Thrawn has been harvesting. These guys block the they force. Block it. And amazingly, you know, Card, who really doesn't have loyalty to anyone but himself, 
I love him because, as Brooke said, Toby, he reminds me of Khan from Star Trek. He sounds <laughs> yeah. just like Ricardo Montalbán. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love yeah, Talon Card in this book. Jeff, what did you think of Talon Card? I, I liked him. Uh, and there's a part coming up I want to talk about. Yeah, Yay. just jump in. Yeah, I kept telling Toby. I said, I don't know. I think he's gonna he's gonna be one of our guys. And he was like, Well, we'll see. I was like, mm, I'm Pretty yeah. sure he's gonna be one of our guys. Yeah. So Luke is. Well, the thing about it is, Luke is like, I'm trying to use the force and I can't. Yeah. And how did some some goon security guard get the jump on him? It's yeah. And because- Mara loves it. She loves watching yeah. him squirm. She's like, huh, what does it feel like to be right. like the rest of us? And we're she's, still she's yeah. real salty. We're still, about of course, it. drawing a blank on why she hates Luke so much. That's gonna get that's gonna get solved a little later. Right. Um but basically Luke is prisoner on Merker at Taloncard's compound. He cannot use the force. He's basically just Luke without yep. the force. And I love this because okay, you're showing us Luke. Without the Force, he has to learn how to be... He's got to use his Luke Skywalker resources. He can't you know, can't rely on the Force as much as he would love to. Well, we get back to Han and Lando, though. Because they need something to do while Leia's in hiding. We're going to have another convergence here. They seek out an old friend. His name's Finn Torv. I'm tr- we're trying to limit the planet names and the people names, but Finn Torv's important. <laughs> He's a smuggler that Han and Lando know. Uh, and they want to, so Han's like, look, I, I don't have anything else to do. Let's try to go, he goes back to what he was doing at the beginning of the book, which is let's find some smugglers and get them to help out the Republic. Right. He seeks out Finn Torv, and Finn Torv's like, yeah, um, maybe, we'll see. You have to meet my boss. His name is Talon Card. <laughs> Whoops. So we have a, Luke is at Talon Card's compound, and here comes Lando and Han. And then, of course, back on Merker, Card is being told that Torv is coming with Lando Calrissian and Han Solo, and Mara's like, oh, crap, you know? And so everyone's like, well, we got to move Luke out of here. These guys, Han finds out, you know, listen, I know Han is, Han is, you know, too cool for school, but he loves Luke like he a brother. Luke he is his brother, does. and Han is up in arms when Luke is in trouble, you know? So he's like, we got to get Luke out of here, so they move him into the storage shed. You know, and here comes Lando and Han, and they meet with Card. And Han basically gives like a a presentation. I, I'm imagining Han with like a PowerPoint, and like a <laughs> like a pointer, like okay, so we're gonna do this, and the laser pointer. <laughs> we're gonna see the trends go up. <laughs> well, Card's like, because eh. here's Card's thing. He's like, I would love to help the New Republic. I'm also helping the Empire. If I help the Republic too much, I'm gonna make the Empire mad. Right. So he's a businessman. Yeah. But we still, he's still so super cool, you know? He's cool because he doesn't have just this evil objective. He's just like, I want all the things. And they can give me the things, and you can give me the things. So right. why would I burn the bridges where I can get the things? Han also takes an opportunity to say, hey, Card, while you're considering my offer to help the New Republic, and you know, you'll be compensated, and you'll be legitimate, uh, I'd like to know if you know someone who can help get an encrypted message Known as this person is called a slicer. That's what they call these right, people. Right. Yes. And Card's like, yeah, I got a slicer. His name's Gent. Here you can meet him. He's a young guy, and you know. So Han's like, maybe we, you know, Han. Even though they have three PO speaking for Leia, which is kind of going all right. I mean, they do like a phone call to Coruscant essentially. But Winter, who is Leia's like little right hand lady, she's yes. like, 
they kind of pick up that she knows, like, that's not Leia, you know. And when, Well, because Winter was presented as very perceptive from the beginning. Yeah, but so. Han, Han's like, well, maybe we can, you know, while we're talking, and sli- he's like, why do you need a slicer? You know, Card's like, why do you need a slicer? He's like, ah, oh, it's personal. It doesn't have anything to do with this. You know, Han's trying to play it close to the chest, but but there's a bombshell coming. And you ready for it, guys? Here it is. <laughs> Here comes the chimera. The phone rings. Not the literal phone. But the communicator goes off. The space, and it's, the it's, space phone. It's not Captain Pelion. It's not some peon ensign. It's Grand Admiral Thrawn himself. And he's like, what's up, Card? I'm showing up. I'm bringing my entire Star Destroyer and everybody to Merker because I just want to have a short talk with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like... No, this is bad. <laughs> no, no. Undo this. Undo. This is the part. This is the part I'm talking. Yay, about. Go for it. Okay, good. Yeah, good, say, good. go for it, dude. Well, I just love that. Like, and this is the part where it shows Talon Card is more than just a, your average gangster, because he is able to convince Admiral Thrawn that like he doesn't know. You know, like you, you know, because like you would think Admiral Thrawn would be able to like see through the see through the, any charade, right? He's like, you know, I'm I'm looking for Luke Skywalker or whatever, and I, oh, and I was like, well, I and, and wasn't there this moment where like he like Thrawn like feels like ah, oh, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you, and then he's like, oh well, I I would have thought that you know, if he was out in outer space, you know. He'd be dead by now, you know, kind of. Because remember, like, like he was like, I, I can't remember exactly the, the context. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I do. Because it brings up another point I want to get to in a minute. But here's the thing. Yeah, like, because we're getting this from Card's perspective. This is spoken first person from Card. And because Card is trying to handle Thrawn, who right. is not easy. And, and because Thrawn is incredibly brilliant. Again, he's 10 steps ahead of you. So you have to... I think it says yeah. like 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 at one point it says that that card barely was able to kind of keep his composure yeah. when he's talking to Thrawn because Thrawn is just and with Thrawn it's so effortless. Yeah, Thrawn's just kind of like, hey, so um, we want to have a talk, and I'm looking for Luke Skywalker, and you know, and Thrawn never is just talking; he always is coming from several different angles. It seems. Oh yeah, it's like. It's like if you took like uh, Hannibal Lecter and I can't remember the, the character's name, but like uh, Christoph Waltz's character from like Inglorious Bastards, and you like m- med- meld them together. That's Grand Animal Throne. That's how brilliant and scary it is to talk to him. You know, and and it, it it's the fact that Card is I'd say maybe half as brilliant as Throne. He's not as brilliant as Throne, sure. but the fact that he but the fact that he's half as brilliant. He's he's just barely able to paper thin put on the 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 ruse that he knows nothing about Skywalker, even though Skywalker is there in a shed. <laughs> and not only that, he's got <laughs> Han and Lando. Yeah, like, why? But, is he in a shed? <laughs> Sorry, Toby, that's funny. Once again, yeah. I want to remind everyone, and I think this is so, so brilliant of the writer, guys. Mm-hmm. We're in, by this point, we're in, like, chapter 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. So 22 out of 32, we're well into the book, everyone. We have yet, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. someone correct me, we have yet to have any kind of situation where we're looking through Thrawn's point of view. Most of Thrawn is pro- we're getting from Pelion. Yes. Now we're getting it through Card, but we are never like, 
if I'm not mistaken, we are never first. Per- we are never in Thrawn's head. No, even even uh, never first person for sure, but never even a third person omniscient where we're still getting a third person, but like from his perspective. And I I do think that is that's meant to maintain the sense of foreboding. Because God, if we get in his head, then we figured him out. We're not meant to. Oh, I don't true. think the audience is meant to. The characters most certainly aren't meant to. So if we got something from his perspective, we'd understand too much. And I think as someone who's ne- think, as some as someone who's never written a book, and Brooke, you've you've written a few things, and I've I've never written a book, but I'd be like, oh wow, that's that's just so brilliant. I would have never thought of that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you had this character, and you never you never take your you're, readers in their head. You're not allowed to go there because then you'd figure it all out. So it seems like the only person who understands Thrawn is maybe Zom, maybe even. Maybe, but who knows? Maybe writers write characters they don't fully understand. Yeah, I think that's fair. But also, I think Thrawn's kind of like a, almost like a, I don't want to say a Sherlock Holmes, maybe more of a Moriarty kind of character. You know, it's kind of like, even he's like, he's so intelligent that it's kind of like, ah, I'm getting bored. I gotta, gotta shake things up a little bit. Well, look, Thrawn is coming. He's coming to Merker. He's like, hey, I'm coming. In fact, I think like as soon as he gets off the phone, he was like en route to yeah. landing on the planet when he calls him. This is just so brilliant. I mean, Thrawn's just like, hey, what's up? I'm coming. In fact, I'm here. So it, it forces Card to have to rush to get Han and Lando out. Yeah. He has to like, he's like, you guys got to get back. You got to get out of here. Uh, you know, th- There can be no evidence of guests. Meanwhile, <laughs> Luke uses is stuck in the shed, but he is able to, you know, Mara Jade shuts him in there, blasts the lock. Yeah. But Luke uses his power cell from his hand. That was cool. That was a cool moment when he was like, my hand. And like, and like R2, R2's in the other cell, right? Or in yeah, the he's, shed or R2's, yeah, R2's like in, in the, the next one. In the, in the neighboring shed, yeah. And Luke uses his robotic hand, the power cells from it, to get the door open. Yes. He, he gets That out. was cool. That was a cool moment. Luke gets out and finds and, and wastes no time commandeering a ship. Mara, though, sees like suddenly just one of the ships take off, and she's like, yeah. "What the heck is that?" And then it hits her. She finds that Luke escapes, and she is in hot pursuit. Well, they end up crashing together because <laughs> it's a pretty intense. And you got to think, there's a Death Star. I mean, not a Death Star. Excuse me. There's a Star Destroyer just sitting there, and they're all. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining these Imperial officers and Thrawn just looking out the window, being like, oh, okay. Oh, there's something going on, and I'm pretty sure it's um, something we're going to want to look into. <laughs> well, they crash kind of off into the forest. Cause, you know, there's this big forest. There's all kinds of predators and stuff out, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, nothing escapes Thrawn's attention, of course. So when Thrawn lands, guys... Card goes out to meet him, and Thrawn's immediately like, hey, notice something happened out here. <laughs> right. Had a couple of ships crash. What was that all about? He goes, oh, you know, we had a an internal problem. He goes, well, guess what? <laughs> You're in luck, because I'm happy to send some of my stormtroopers out to check out. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah we're going to do this. I insist. He, Thrawn, Thrawn says, yeah. and I love how Thrawn puts it. He goes, you know, you... You have allowed us to harvest your Salamori. We're in debt to you. Just allow me. Oh boy, to send some of my dudes <laughs> out and and basically it says that the card can, could only hope yeah. that Mar Jade and Luke decide to work together. Like <laughs> I, I like, just hope they get guys. This, this is it. So freaking get out. your crap together. They better work it out because they're coming. <laughs> 
I feel so bad for Card because now he's got to like. He's got Luke and Marjade in Parts Unknown. Yeah. He's got Han and Lando somewhere. He's just like, get out. Get, 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 get. I don't, I don't want to. Just get out. <laughs> and here's Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's just like. Well, hello. And, and what's funny is Thrawn's like, you said you'd show me around. Let's do it. Like Thrawn's like, I have nothing, nothing but, time. but time. I have yeah. nothing but time. Well, well, Card is able to get back to Han and Lando and basically say, so listen, I'm sorry about this, but I got, you know, but Han is not in the mood. He's like, what's going on? Eventually, Han and Lando snoop around, and Lando's like, I found a power cell. It goes to what you might know as a little robotic body part. Oh. And Han's like, and he, what's, I love how this is described. Remember this, Jeff? He points the blaster at Card and says, Where is he? Yeah. Like, where's Luke? Oh. I love that. Where's my buddy? But Card's like, Card's able to get out of it, and he does well. He says, listen, if if I was bad, I would have turned Luke over to him, and I would have turned you guys over. But Card basically says, yeah. Luke He's was, Luke was here. Luke was here. So at this point, he basically says, listen, there is a Grand Admiral here for the Empire. And Han's like, immediately is like, a Grand Admiral? That must be who's causing us trouble. What's his name? And I love this. This is where... Where Card's not completely good because right. Card says that information is not for sale. He's a businessman. So guys, understand. It's not bad. At this point, we're, t- we're taking notes. We're in chapter 24 out of 32, and none of our heroes have heard the name Thrawn. And I love that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I didn't think about that, actually. Yeah. Just because we're the audience. You know, we know who he is. So while Card is dealing with Han and Lando, basically like, listen, guys, I'm I'm dealing with it. I'm on it. I know Luke's here. I'm sorry, but I'm not a bad guy. Whatever. Just please, just let me handle this. This is this is my compound. This is my home. Let me talk to this guy. Let me deal with Thrawn. Thrawn is talking to Peleon, and he, Peleon, and he says, "Hey, I think Luke Skywalker's here." <laughs> like, basically, like, no problem. Just on a hunch, like. Just feeling it. Right? I mean, he <laughs> guesses it. This guy. Anyway. I mean, and like, it's like you said earlier, you're like, is, like it makes you wonder if he's using the force. And I'm like, I don't think he is, but I'm kind of like, is there some kind of intuition plane where the force is like, it, you can be force sensitive without, I don't know. At the very least. He's, I mean, and yeah, he's intelligent, but geez Louise. Why? No, I, I just think he's using deductive reasoning, like, and, and, and ex- a very high intelligence and, like, reading body language. I think it's all that. Yeah, I think it's he's like, just clearly above I think, my pay grade. No, it's true. I think almost like lot. giving him, like, some kind of, like, uh, force sensitivity almost downplays his brilliance. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree with Jeff there. That's I, fair. I like that, yeah. I mean... I like it. It's a compliment. If I'll I, accept that. If answer. I think he's force sensitive, it's a compliment. <laughs> he's that brilliant. But I, I agree with Jeff. I, right, I right. But I don't think he, he is. I think he's just that. He's just freaking smart. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, and it makes you wonder what the heck was the emperor? Thinking also, about if he's got that? a salamari on his shoulder, how could he be using the force? You know. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. Right. Here's my thing. <laughs> what wrong. the heck was the emperor? Why was the emperor? Why did the emperor not have him in the room, man? I'm like this dude. We I need, know. Yeah. You know what? Did, what did the emperor have him doing? I know. What? What, what was he? Uh, Just... I want you to clean up the uh, space garbage out in the uh, asteroid field sector. And, uh... <laughs> Who then knows? again, someone like Thrawn, 
would not be satisfied if he were not in charge. So I could see Thrawn being like, Mm-mm, I don't need to show them that. I'll wait. I could see him having that kind of discipline. Well, being like, I'll wait till I'm in charge. It's that's fine. why it's interesting that we go so, back to Pelion's thinking, and, th- and Pelion always wonders, like, why the heck did this guy not command the Battle of Endor? He didn't. He would. He he wasn't in charge. He didn't want to. He's not a second hand guy. He's the guy. That's what I think. I think he's the guy, and he's not going to do anything until he's the guy. So, guys, so. all of our, all our heroes know is that there's now now there's a little more of the the shadow unveiled. There's a little more light on the shadow, and that's we know that this. That there's a Grand Admiral. Yes. They don't know who he we is. We don't have his name yet. But th- but at this point, though, Han and Lando have been watching from a distance. You know, they're like around, hanging around the fall. You know, because you remember, Card got him out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he to goes, his credit. who's the blue guy with the red eyes? So 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 Han has <laughs> We're seen him. We're getting closer. Getting closer. But guys, we, we, don't get, we don't hit pay dirt. He doesn't know who he is. But what I'm saying is... I just think that's a tremendous thing about this story mm-hmm. is the slow burn with Thrawn. It's a Jaws-like reveal. It's true. For, not for us, again, the audience. We've seen it. But for the for our main characters, it's a very, like, you know, we've, we've only seen the dorsal fin. And right. we're, you know, we know, what, we, we know what it is. We don't know who it is. And I love that. Well, here's the thing. Um, Thrawn deduces not only that Luke Skywalker is likely involved in the crash. Yeah. That him and whoever else was on the other ship is likely going to travel to the nearest city. It's called Hilliard City. It's a city on the... It's on Merker. It's on the other side of the forest. Right. Like, on the other side of the forest from across... Like, across the forest from um, Talon Card's compound. Yeah. So he's like, so here's what we need to do. We're going to send a detachment of stormtroopers to wait for them when they... So when they come out of the forest and get to Hilliard City, we're there. Yeah. You know... Thrawn doesn't go, but he sends some stormtroopers, which might be the least smart thing he's done. Because <laughs> when have stormtroopers? I mean, we well, I mean, that's right. I, I don't you know got what I, you got. I don't know if I would send stormtroopers out to cut my grass. I'd be like, they're gonna <laughs> blow it. They're gonna. <laughs> yeah. You're. Uh, it was. Uh, remember? That? Yeah, seen the uh, new uh, TK13? Uh, oh, it does. <laughs> anyway, sorry. All right. So. We get back to Leia on Kashik, and this is interesting. This is interesting, Jeff. This was a really surprising, and this is the first time we're talking about this with Jeff. We talk about a lot of things with Jeff, but we have not gotten to this part, and I was absolutely shocked. So Leia's on Kashik. She thought she's seen an ogre, which is basically the story's way of saying there is an ogre there, <laughs> and she does. Yep. Uh, she is asleep. One attacks her. Uh, she's ambushed. She pulls her lightsaber out from under a pillow, cuts one in half. No big deal. So, Leia, I don't think she's going to have any problems learning how to work a lightsaber. Don't y'all mess with my girl. Right. And another Nogri gets her and comes to the realization that she's Darth Vader's daughter. And we find something out about the Nogri guys. They venerate and deify almost Darth Vader and the Emperor. Yep. And... Yes, Leia is fighting for the other team, but she is Darth Vader's daughter, so she is like, they're like, we could never hurt. Yeah. They have some name for her. I couldn't. I can't pronounce it. But they venerate Leia now because they're like, oh, they, they like smell her hand like, oh, we're so sorry. Like, because I, 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 the scent, I don't know what it is, but they're like, you're the daughter of Darth Vader. We could never hurt you. We're so sorry for attacking you. <laughs> what a change. What a yeah. shift. I mean, what did you think of that? I mean, I... I... 
I thought, you know, and I don't have any real, you know, anything profound to say about it. I just thought it was interesting, you know, that I can't remember why. Like, why Why was that? What happened with that? Like, Darth Vader, like. Well, they they, ha- they venerate Darth Vader and the Emperor because in their mind, you know, the Nogri obviously are, are menacing. So they just, they venerated the Emperor and Darth Vader. So even though the Emperor and Darth Vader were essentially destroyed by Leia's team, you know, it was Luke, but, you know, um, it was the Rebellion, they're like, we could never hurt a descendant of Darth Vader. We don't care what you're doing and who you're fighting for. Mm-hmm. Leia, who is ever the diplomat, not only Leia is, is, Leia is no, 100% warrior, but Leia, this is where she has it over Han and Luke and these guys, like Akbar, Akbar is Leia has no issue being a diplomat. She's very yeah. good at it. She's been doing it since she was young. She knows how to talk. She can turn it on when she has to. Right, and she does. She says, well, let let us let me meet with your people and we'll work something out. Yes, I am the daughter of Darth Vader. She leverages. Yeah. She doesn't go, well, yes, I'm the daughter of Darth Vader, but he was terrible. She leverages. Yeah, so you smart. use what you got. She leverages the fact that she's Darth Vader's daughter to say, well, let me meet with whoever the leader of your people is. And they say, well, we can't do that. We have a new master, and this is Thrawn. Yeah. He wouldn't be pleased if they found we were now, we're supposed to kidnap you. Right. We can't deliver you. Yeah, but now that we realize you're Darth Vader's daughter, that transcends even how we feel about Thrawn, so there's a situation here, you know? Absolutely. She requests a meeting with the leader of the Nogri, and is able, and the Nogri's like, well, we'll see. Let's go talk to, we'll have to go talk to him, because we have a new master now. At any rate, Leia is able to leave Kashyyyk unharmed by the Nogri. And what Leia basically says is like, meet me at meet me in orbit around the forest moon of Endor or something. She basically is like, we'll, we'll meet later. Right. We next get back to Luke and Mara. And I'm just going to skip through a lot. That, this really dragged on. But the bottom line is Luke and Mara, Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade, are traversing through the forest in Merkur to get to Hilliard City. And all the while, we're getting all kinds of bonding, and they're saving each other's life. And, and lots of banter. And, like, I have to point it out. I'm sorry. I have to have the, the English major cap is never off. Sure. But when you meet two protagonists that hate each other, you should go ahead and be prepared for the fact that they'll probably be into each other. There's romantic tension. Right. That tension is intentional. <laughs> I would say the only thing. But yeah, it is. I mean, like the fact that mm-hmm. they have such, or especially that she really, honestly, the fact that she has such animosity makes me, the reader, think, mm-hmm, yep, y'all are going to get together or something or have some kind of connection. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they get together. It's just get... a literary trope. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't, yeah. I didn't write the book. I just read them. Well, let's just say it, it seems like. Maybe they'll get to get there. There definitely is that. I mean, I ship it. It's fine. Well, yeah, it's easy to do. There's <laughs> obviously some tension there. But I, I would say the the real reason to pay attention to this uh, journey through the forest is we find out, I mean, Marge eventually, with as much time as she's spending with Luke. And, and what I do like about Luke is as much as Marge hates him, you have to understand, Luke has dealt with the epitome, epitome of hate. Right. With the Emperor. Right. So dealing with Mara, he's just kind of like, he's able to really just kind of absorb her jabs and outright contempt of him. He's just like, okay, well, let's just get through this. Right. Well, and also there's a difference between being truly evil 
and hurt and angry. Right. And I think, and I that, think Luke is perceptive enough to understand that yes. this isn't hate. This is disappointment. This is anger. This is, because you what, know, it's what, different. There's a difference. What Now, and, and that goes back to what I was building up to with the big, the big bombshell. The lid is blown off of Marjade. The big reveal. The yeah. big reveal. What and what was Marjade, right? What was she? She was the emperor's like right she, hand, right? She was the hand of the emperor. Yeah. That's a position. She was the hand of the emperor. She she was you know, don't let I mean the vision might throw you off because it's like, you know, the vision that Luke has of Jabba's palace, you know, when he was in the cave. Yeah. Like what what, what, was, she, what was she connected to Jabba? Was she a bounty hunter? No. Ooh. She was essentially the emperor's enforcer, right, dude? Yeah, she was just an acting like a dancer, right? And like Luke knew she was more than that. Like she was like, because she was telling a story. Like I was a dancer, you know, at uh, a job. I was like, you were more than a dancer. Come on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, no, you know? she was essentially. No, let's be honest. <laughs> she was essentially the emperor's like top assassin, top enforcer. Enforcer. She was the hand of the emperor. That's what it was called. Mm-hmm. If the emperor and wanted did, something I, done, he sent Mara Jade to do it. Hence the name. I did you know, suddenly the, the moniker, remember you know, why hand of the emperor. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I I did suddenly remember why the no agree, um, worship Vader or whatever. Not worship him, but you know, like it was like it was like a some kind of natural disaster, or not not natural disaster, but some kind of chemical like or industrial disaster that happened on their planet because you know back then the empire was like they were like all over the place colonizing play you know like sapping resources and vader went there you know as kind of like a what the hell is going on you know and like saw that these nogri race are like very like you know they're really good warriors and stuff like that and and they're like i'm gonna clean this up for you and totally like you know told them like you know I'm, I'm gonna fix this, and then they they, they worshipped him. So all of a sudden, and and they they kind of worked for Vader like under the table kind of thing. I see. And then I guess okay, no, that's good. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, interesting. So Vader saves the Nogri because he saw how useful they were, and in response, the Nogri's like, "This is our savior." So it, so really, he sa- he sa- he saved their way of life. So they had no reason not to him, even not though to him. even though it wasn't for the best reasons, right? Which is why, and I, I thought that was a a wonderful part of the story because it's like here we are you know we're years after Darth Vader we're we're well into the story and here is Darth Vader still having an impact still having a massive impact and essentially he saved his daughter's life I mean really yeah or or saved her well-being I mean you know she was the Nogri weren't going to kill her they were going to take her back to Thrawn but still yeah 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 inadvertently he's still affecting the universe yes Darth Vader, obviously, arguably, probably the 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 most um, causing the most effect in the entire galaxy. From Anakin to Vader, he was always yeah. Anakin, but I would say he probably the, the the most central character to the galaxy. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, but yeah. So, but but getting back to to what I was saying about Marge H. So she was the hand of the Emperor. That was the big reveal. And the reason why she's after Luke is because Luke destroyed the Emperor, you know, and her way of life. through the redemption of his father. So that ruined her way of life. Is this deep seated evil, or is this hurt 
and resentment. And I would say, like as Brooke asserted, and I would say it's that. Because they're they're being forced to work together. They're having to watch each other's back. Such a meat cute. Getting back to Thrawn, he's got he he's he can't just deal with what's going on in Merker. He suspects that Luke is there. He doesn't know for sure. But remember, he's got a big plan against the Republic. Right. And it involves these shipyards at at an at on a planet called Sluis Van. And this is a big deal because this is the big fish he has to fry. Luke and Marjade, they make it out of the force. They get into Hilliard City. And remember, Luke can't use the force. There is an ambush. You know, Card sends some of his guys to kind of like try to help out. You know, they they, they pretend that Han's like a... They get Han in there pretending he's a, a, a prisoner, I believe. Like a like they, they've arrested him. So, so Han's there. And uh, the, the, the trap is sprung with the stormtroopers. And Luke uses his lightsaber... And he, without the force, takes out, like, a whole battalion of stormtroopers. <laughs> still showing that Luke's got it, even when he doesn't. It foils Thrawn's plan to get Luke. But Thrawn has bigger fish to fry on Slewis Fan. He's got to get back to this big battle. Because remember, Pelion's like, well, wait, what about Slewis Fan? We're here on Merker. You know, we think Luke Skywalker's here. And Thrawn's like, no, 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 no. Slewis Fan is still going to happen. But right. uh, so, so we're not gonna we're not gonna push that back, and eventually Thrawn has to get back to that, and this is what leads us to the climax of the story, which is the the battle of of Slewis Fan. There's the Hilliard City battle where Luke and Han and Lando Lando's wounded in it. They're able to to defeat the Imperial forces, you know, Thrawn's guys, and Card's basically like, listen, you guys got to get out of here. I, I know Thrawn knows you, you were here. No doubt. And we know he does. We know Thrawn knows. Yeah, of course More he than knows. Just he knows suspect. everything. He's so stressful. And Card's basically <laughs> like, listen, you guys just need to get out of here. I'll probably have to deal with Thrawn later, but you guys get but out. Card is also smart. so He is, but we're, look, we're talking about Thrawn here. It's accurate. So uh, our heroes are able to leave. Luke and Han and Lando and everybody able to get out. And then we get to the Battle of Sluis Van. And the star of this uh, battle is... Unexpectedly. Unexpectedly, our old friend Wedge and the Rogue Who Squadron. Who is written very differently. Yeah, Brooke talked about this. In this. Like, in Shadows of the Empire, he's like, rah, 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 I'm Wedge. Like, he was just kind of like... Yeah, Luke, whatever you need, Luke. Go- yeah, I'm sorry, that's my best impression. Wedge, uh, um, uh, he was Wedge, just goofy. Yeah. Wedge, I need you to come take out the trash. Uh, no problem, Luke. I'm, I'm in the middle of this battle, but... You got it, Luke. Yeah, he was just kind of campy. And in this, he's like truly painted as like a hero that is very capable and like it's a different portrayal. No, listen. I think. No, he totally Jeff, Wedge is totally a BA. I mean, right? I mean he is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's great about him. He's I mean, he's, uh... he's totally he's kind of dorky. We love a dork. But he's absolutely somebody you wouldn't want to mess with. Yeah, you, you kind of have to wonder why uh, he hasn't moved up in rank out of the class of just X-wing pilot guy. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe he's a lieutenant, maybe he's a squad commander. I don't know, but like, I think he doesn't want any part of that. I I, I think yeah. he probably's like maybe hey, not. I think he's like I feel sorry for Hanale. I, I feel sorry for you guys. You guys have to sit in the boardrooms. I think he is that guy. He's yeah. the guy that has to stay in the field. Or he, he wouldn't make it. No, I'm saying he wouldn't make it you know? outside of that. Like he, that's 
Like he has to be there. Kind of like what we talked about earlier. Like, you know, oh, they're all trying. They're all struggling under the way of this government. And Wedge is like, forget it. And he's just like, I'm going to keep fighting. It's fine. Like, I'm fine. So, just tell him where to go. Good for him. He stayed where he know he's successful. He, he He's the maverick of the rogue squadron. He is. Right. Yeah. Yes. Ab- nailed it, Jeff. That's perfect. But here's the thing. This is where we, the Battle of Slew's Fan is where we see, uh, I, I don't want to say Thrawn's plan will say we see part of it. The whole reason why he stole those miners, those those mole miners from mm-hmm. Lando. Ah, yes. Yeah, and and you know using the cloaking shields and all that. The reason why, you know, you would think a, a standard space battle between the Empire and the um, the rebels or the New Republic would be simply about destroying who destroys more ships. <laughs> Thrawn's not trying to do that. No, he uses the mole miners to attempt to steal the ships from the shipyard. He's stealing the Republic ships. Right. And Lando and Han, and they're all like, oh my gosh, that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's using the mole miners to steal the ships. But remember, Lando's there. These are his mole miners. He uses the remote co- codes, him and Han do, to take control of the miners back. And, you know, listen, this is Han we're talking about. Han and Lando, they don't, you know, as... As great as they think on their feet, they don't really do things with finesse. <laughs> so what Han decides to do is, well, we can't let the Empire steal these ships. Let's just use the mole miners to destroy yep, the ships. That's always the default. So they just des- they destroy a good fraction of the new of the New Republic's ships they oh have on God. the shipyard. <laughs> but this is how they're able to foil Thrawn in the end. Wedge and the Rogue Squadron, of course, are there, um, and and they're doing their thing. Um, again, Lando and Han use the codes to take over the mole miners to destroy the ships that Thrawn is trying to steal. Thrawn loses the battle, but again, his his reaction is as if he was kind of inconvenienced, like, oh, crap, I forgot the bread. <laughs> I, I forgot the milk. You know? Yeah. He assures Pelion that they are far from finished, and he goes back to the one thing they got at the very beginning of the story. And that is the Emperor's Mountain. His yep, 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 yep. essentially his secret locker room. Right. So Sluis Van is a Republic victory for now. But we have a problem. Uh victory, the the celebration is short lived because Leia contacts Han. She has gotten back to Coruscant. She left Kashyyyk, right? The Nogri let her go. Oh. And she says, Han, you need to get back to Coruscant. We got a problem. Admiral Akbar has been arrested. Oh. For high treason. No doubt because of the political maneuvering of Fela, that that Bothan, who is 100% a a climber. He is just trying to get into power. For sure. So Akbar has been arrested. We leave our heroes, let's say, with problems within, as in political intrigue in the New Republic. Guys, the New Republic has been around for like 30 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> and it is riddled with problems, and that is so realistic. When you're, yeah, it is when, very realistic. When we're talking about a government. When the Empire was defeated, or at least largely defeated by the Alliance at the end of Jedi, it left a power vacuum. Yeah. And that just attracts more people. Some good, some bad, and this Borsk Fela guy, who seems to be riding on the sheer fact that he's a Bothan, and Bothans gave up a lot of lives for the... For the for the cause of the yep. of the alliance, but the fact that he's a Bothan is what seems to be why people are tiptoeing around him. So problems within, 
We have political intrigue in the New Republic, problems without. What what do we mean? As in, Thrawn is still out there. Yes. And that is where we leave heir to the Empire. <gasps> and, you know, Mara, Jade, and Carter left on Merker, but I don't think we've seen the last of them either. Of course not. So. Lifts, it, it, it ends on a cliffhanger. It does. Thank God we have, we have Dark Force Rising, uh, which we'll get we'll to, get to in a point. couple so of years. <laughs> in, in, in retrospect, and, and I'll go first, and I'd like to get a retrospective of everyone. Um, I can't say enough about now that I've real now that we've really gone through the whole story. Thrawn, of course, but Talon Card, such Love a him. such a great character. Mar Jade, a good character. So. I can't really, with the exception of maybe some parts where it kind of drug a little bit, I can't say really anything negative about this this first chapter of the Throne Trilogy. I love right. this. I, I think the, the one thing I love about it, I got it now in my mind, is the amount of restraint that, that Timothy Zahn showed in this first chapter. We get very little Luke and Leia, and we want more Luke and Leia. Yes. Uh, That's we, someone, uh, one of our listeners, uh, Hannah, actually pointed that out as well she said i really love the luke and leia scenes i yeah. wanted more of that and I was right like, yes, that's yes, where we're at and that's too. exactly yeah without and i didn't even know she said that and yeah. that's how i felt mm-hmm. i love that we have not gotten inside of thrones head yet we may never i love that we've not gotten into it mm-hmm. i love that that is not something we ever get is his perspective right i love lando in this yes uh so i could go on and on but like again I love the restraint, the the stuff that we love. He gives it to us just enough. And uh, again, this thing is dominated by the blue skin, red eyed mm. Grand Admiral <laughs> Thrawn. I mean, he he. You leave. I don't even if he's not in the story, he's in the story. So Jeff, what did you think, buddy? In retrospect, first I mean, chapter. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I loved it. I, I mean, I know, I know we, we may not get to this book in, for another year on the podcast, but I'm I'm planning on going ahead and listening to the rest of because I want to know. <laughs> I, I want to read the rest, and then um, I, I I loved Thrawn. I think I think Thrawn's my favorite character. I mean, because we we know Luke, we know Han, we know Leia, all these characters. We've gotten to know them. God, our whole lives. I mean, I'm 41 years old, and I feel like they've been with me my whole life. You know, <laughs> like I know, I know them. So, getting to know these new characters like um, Sabiath and and Thrawn and Pelion and you know some of these other little more even more like uh, Talon Card and I know Mara Jade is kind of one of those uh, characters that in the Star Wars community she's kind of like a like like not <laughs> loved uh, from what I understand. I don't, I don't, I didn't mind her. I know, yeah, she comes off as, as rather, you know, pissed off and shrew, and she hates Luke, obviously, and there's never a moment in this book where, you know, she's portrayed very, you know, <laughs> in any really good light, you know what I mean? I just want to say, and I, I think the reason for that, and I just want you to hold the thought where you're at, but I just, I think that we Star Wars fans, and I know this with the new trilogy, uh, and and I appreciate it whether I agree with a Star Wars fan on Luke Skywalker or not. It's just that Luke is our golden boy, and I yeah. feel like we think that there is there is no one good enough for him. Well, yeah, and I mean it all comes back to really Thrawn. I mean, there's a reason why this is called a Thrawn trilogy. He is the star. Um, even though there there is this, you know, we 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 didn't talk about him a whole lot, but Sabaoth is a very interesting character. 
you know, he's he's this dark Jedi and he's extremely powerful. Yet we kind of glazed over him because um, I think Thrawn overshadowed him so much that there was almost like, okay, yeah, dark Jedi, cool. But there is there is some depth there, and and I hope that his character, uh, you know, we get to know a little bit more about who he is, even though he's a, he's a clone, but. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a story to tell there. I think so too. And, and, uh, and like I said, I, I really can't wait to get into Dark Force Rising because I'm kind of like, okay, let's just keep going. But <laughs> uh, and we will. And I, I don't know if we'll wait till Star Wars month. I think that we might need to just. Uh, I think we might just need to set aside some time and and and, and wait a little bit. But I don't know if I can wait till May. Uh, but uh, yeah. Not. All right, Brooke. Yes. Retrospective on. Uh, heir to the Empire before we wrap things up? Well, you probably already know what I'm going to say, and it's that I love diving into the different characterizations because that's where I live. Um, of course I love Thrawn. I also am frustrated by Thrawn because I don't get what I want from him. Which is everything. <laughs> yes, like I want to know his motivations. I want to know his past. I want to know his how did history. He get to be, yeah, how did he become... An emperor. Yes, I mean, not because, excuse, how to like, become part of the empire. Right, because 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 like Jeff pointed out, I, m- I remember before we even started listening, Jeff was like, he reminds me, he has a Hannibal Lecter vibe, and I was like, okay, cool, so I will fall in love with him in uh. a really scary, weird way. But I didn't even get the backstory, so I can't fall in love with him. Um, but uh, I I also love he is um, the Dracula of Star Wars. Oof, don't even oof, don't even get me started. He um, is though. I I know. <laughs> but where? But um, uh, no, what I'm saying is I love, I, I still love just the, the mystery that surrounds him. I love diving into Leia's, I mean, again, you know, you guys said it already. We didn't get a whole lot. We, I, I felt like we were going to get more about Leia. And then she kind of falls off the map and I didn't love that. But But then again, that might be. That might be purposeful because she might come in full force in the next book. So I, you know, I, I I'm yeah. All my opinions are very fluid right now. Look at what she's done thus far, and right. I mean, she's she's being she's becoming proficient with. And the I'm wondering how, as her pregnancy furthers, what that's going to do to her like abilities. I, you know, just yeah. There's so there. I have so many questions, and they're good ones. They're not, you know, it's it's yeah. the writing is really great in that it leaves us wanting more. And I, I don't feel ha- like it's lacking at all. We have no idea what the time jump is to Dark Force Rising. Right. So I don't know if they're going to be born. Yes. We, we got to get exactly. there. Exactly. So I just, I like the, I like how Heir to the Empire sets up a lot of excitement for the rest of the story. Um, yes. And I just, I just, enjoy, I just enjoy spending time with these characters more, really. Because yeah. from Because as we've discussed, George Lucas, as brilliant as he is, was not super emotive with his characters. So these no. books kind of like heal that wound of like getting to see what they're like. Yeah, I have to and agree. And what they're thinking about and how they're feeling. And I just, I thrive on that as just a person who enjoys the entertainment industry. I, I need to feel what characters are feeling so I can feel it too. And I have to go back to what Jeff said, I think last week, which is uh, definitely after going through the whole story, I'm like, okay, Shadows of the Empire was definitely like a little, <laughs> it was, yeah. like a comic strip it you know, compared to this. Not in a bad way, completely. No, but this is just much more epic on a bigger scale. Yeah. Like th- this in itself could be a trilogy if they made movies about it. They could Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I could see them making one movie, 
Shadows of Empire, no problem. Right. It'd be, right. It'd be like, movie. yeah, and it'd be like animated. Easily. Like, there's no. Well, they, they should animate these. They should just. Do oh, it. man. Well, well, that way you wouldn't have to worry about casts aging out. I just like how the Star Wars, but I'll, I do like how the Star Wars universe was like, oh, yeah, we're going to take Grand Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> yeah. And now uh, he's canon, so um excited to see what happens with him in, in, in canon. But, oh, my Lord, this is this was good. Uh, Brooke, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us so we can wrap this thing up? Cause you know, we have, we have been going out at this for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, all righty. If you are on Instagram, that's where we spend most of our time. And so we'd love to connect with you, you know, hear what you're thinking, all of that. We're on Instagram as at the tape store. We're also on TikTok by the same name. If you're on Twitter, we're the tape store pod. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can send it to the tape store podcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, uh, guys, we will see you next week with more great 80s and 90s nostalgia on the Tape Store Podcast. Uh, we are going to step away from Star Wars for a little while, um, but we will be back with Dark Force Rising uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, Jeff, it's been great, man. Loved having you. We've had you all month. It's been wonderful. I know. It's been yeah. great. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Yeah, man. No, <laughs> I love dude. being here. You are part of the tape store. Of uh, guys, uh, we will be back next week. We will see you there. Uh, have a great week. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. And this is Jeff. Saying, may the force be with you. 